All right, all right, all right. Welcome to episode 11 of Rolling with the Barons. This is head coach Roland Woods of the Brooklyn Barons. All right, we are a team with the Relocation Football League. You can find us at www.relocationfootballleague.com. Uh, that will give you the links to all the social media from the YouTube, which is Relocation Football League, uh, the Twitter, RFL underscore Sim underscore League, uh, Instagram, Relocation Football League. Uh, I think it's Relocation underscore Football League, uh, underscore Football underscore League. But all that information can be found on uh, the website. Again, that's www.relocationfootballleague.com. And that will also link you to... Uh, our merchandise, all right, our RFL teams have their own custom merchandise with their own custom logos, so we have everything. We have uh, masks for this uh, whole COVID thing, all right. We have hoodies, we have T-shirts, we have uh, player posters, we have phone cases, whatever you need, whatever you can think of, we have it at the uh, RFL merch store, so make sure you check that out as well, okay? Now, uh, this week, episode 11... Uh, We've had some time off. We've had some time off. We had an NFL bye, which obviously is an auto win for us. And then uh, we had our official bye week. So uh, content has been kind of scarce, I would say. Content has been kind of scarce for now. But as we go into the stretch and, the, and our season really starts to get going, we should have a lot, a lot, a lot more content. All right. So uh, we're going to start off with the, the big news, the big things that have been happening. Uh, if you are new to the league and... Uh, maybe just came this week. I'll say about two weeks ago, we made the transition from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. All right. And uh, it ha it's been a big, big, big transition. I can honestly say that I was one of the people who was kind of iffy about it uh, because I was losing control of my team. Oh, in my mind, I was losing control of my team as things have uh, progressed with us working with uh, the next gen Uh we still have the ability to do a lot of the things that we would do if we were in the PS4 file doing it on our own because of the great uh, members in the community that we have. So special shout out to uh, those guys who have been helping out with uh, Smitty, uh, Mix, and Bill. Uh, definitely big shout out to Lito. Uh, big shout out to Darius. Uh, big shout out to Coach Baker as well. All right. So, uh, oh, and big shout out to uh, Forbes because Forbes, Coach Forbes is getting everybody uh, helping everybody get these PS5s. So definitely big shout out to Forbes. And Forbes, that's going to be your last shout out for this week. That's your last shout out for this week. Uh, for those who don't know, we do play the Diablos this week on uh, Thursday. And uh, we'll begin to that in the later part of the podcast. All right. But right now, we're just going to focus on the next gen uh, transition. Uh, now, as I've watched the games be played over these last couple weeks, because we haven't had a game ourselves, so it's just been a lot of observing. I've, there's some things that I really, really like. Uh, one thing that I really like are uh, how offenses look. Uh, the routes receivers are running, the way they can uh, get rack yardage. Uh, that's look really, really nice. Uh, throws quarterbacks are getting the balls, getting the ball out of their hand, which is uh, great. That's great. They're not just sitting back there uh, taking sacks. So I want to see how that translates uh, to our quarterback situation. Uh, running backs have been picking better holes, uh, not getting stuck up so much on uh, linemen and not just making unnecessary cuts in. Or it's just been a lot of unnecessary. Like last year, it was a lot of unnecessary cuts outside. This year, they they overcompensated and now it's a lot of unnecessary cuts. Uh, 
inside. You know how Madden is. It was a year when nobody had dreads, and then the next year everybody had dreads in the draft. So Madden, you know, Madden's going to Madden. You ask for something, they're going to give it to you. So that's what we got. But I have noticed a big difference on the uh, PS5, which is good, and I, I definitely can't wait to see how that affects your offense as well. Uh, as far as on defense, I've seen a lot better coverage from corners on defense. Uh, more realistic pass breakups, more realistic plays on the ball. Uh, also, more realistic uh, losses uh, as far as cornerbacks and coverage. Uh, when they do get beat, it's a more realistic uh, loss. If it's a fight for a ball, it's a more realistic fight. Uh, I've noticed that the pass rush for some teams has seemed to slow down a little bit. Uh, we will see how that affects us uh, with the way that we play. Uh, there are other coaches in the league who used the playbook or there's another coach in the league who uses the same playbook as us on defense. Uh, I'm not going to put that out there for, uh, I mean, skiing reasons, like for skiing reasons, even though all the coaches know the playbook, like, but for skiing reasons, I'm not going to say who that is. Uh, if you listen and you know, then you know, uh, and just seeing the way that that team's uh, playbook has attacked in comparison to how I use that same book. Uh, I would like to see the difference. I hope that our pass rush doesn't, uh, change and lessen the way theirs, uh, the way I felt that theirs did. But I also have to go back and watch more of their PS4 games to see if that's just their scheme in comparison to what our scheme is. This man in the van just ran over the sign. He's not even supposed to be in this parking spot anyway. And then even at that, he's messing this sign up. But hey, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, he's not there too long. Anyway, so. So from that, we're going to go down a, a list of things, a list of players that I have that I really wanted to see uh, execute and how the next gen is going to uh, affect them. All right. So uh, my players to watch uh, for me, the players that I'll be watching on offense, I'm going to start with uh, Brinker. Uh, one of the big knocks on Brinker that I've had with uh, PS4 and things that we've been working on is that uh, he holds on to the ball. Now, I know his uh, sense trait is oblivious. So, with that trait, he's going to be on his big bend. Like, he's going to sit in there. And he doesn't care how long it is. Like, he's going to sit in there. So, we're going to see how that affects or how that takes effect on the next gen as far as will he throw the, at least throw the ball away or will he still be taking the same amount of sacks. All right, hold on. Let me decline this call. All right. Hopefully, it wasn't too much vibration because I don't want to stop the podcast while I got this little bit of time. Uh, I'll, I'm at work recording. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm at work. It's kind of slow right now, so I figured I'd get some of it done now, as much as I can now, and then whatever I can't finish, I'll finish tonight because uh, I still have some things to talk about uh, with my staff, which I will also be announced later on in the podcast as well. All right, so starting with Brinker, we want to see uh, one how uh, it's a, his decision-making in the pocket is going to be as far as will he get the ball out or is he just going to be taking sacks. And uh, two, his decision-making outside of the pocket as far as him throwing it. Uh, how is he going to throw it? Is he still going to be as reckless as he was before? Uh, there's been a lot of opportunities where I see him make plays, and it's just been like wild plays, uh, putting the receiver in positions to make the wild plays. So I definitely want to see the kind of effect that's going to have. And I also want to see uh, how his uh, – ball carrier vision is going to be affected by this there's been lots of times with breaker on these options where i feel like he could have really took it for like 20 plus yard gains but one small cut inside unnecessarily turned into a three yard game so uh we'll see how that progresses uh throughout the season all right next we move the uh we're going to move to kenny still 
Uh, the thing I like about Kenny Steele, or the thing that I really want to see uh, with Kenny Steele, sorry, I got a text, and it was kind of shocking. I didn't expect it to say what it said, so it kind of threw me off. All right, so uh, the thing I really want to see about Kenny Steele is how much more dominant he can be. I already felt like Kenny Steele was a dominant back on the PS4, and as I watched how... Uh, ball carrier moves and how change of direction everything has upgraded on the next gen ball carrier vision has upgraded on the next gen i definitely want to see if if kenny still can have that same dominant factor that i believe he would have on ps4 hopefully an even more dominant factor all right uh, i really really expect to see a lot of dominance from my offense with the switch to gen uh, with the gen switch just from what i've seen so far from other teams all right and staying on that same level when we move to uh our wide receiver group not to skip over kenny so fast it's just i just want to make sure he's still i think he's going to be even more dominant and i just can't wait to see i just can't wait to see but uh moving on to uh our wide receiver position uh the first the three guys that i have uh mentioned are amari uh joe johnson and jackson hunter uh, I really, really want to see how these guys look in contested ball situations because this is areas where I feel like they can really, really strive, especially JJ and especially uh, especially Hunter. Uh, Hunter's really, really, really impressed us all offseason and even last year with his, his ability to make contested catches. And that's something that we want to continue to grow, continue to capitalize on. Uh, we want to see that jump. Uh, we will also have to see JJ take a bigger stride. We feel like one thing that lacked from his game so far has been those jump ball uh, positions and contested catches. Even though he did miss a lot of the season last year, uh, even going into what we've seen so far on uh, this Madden on PS4, uh, we have we just haven't seen that same kind of dominance that you expect from a receiver of his caliber. Like he's, I think he's 89 overall now. We expect 89 overall when we watch him on the field. So hopefully he takes a major jump. And uh, with Amari him also being the jump ball specialist, uh, having that uh, spectacular uh, catch rating, but also his ability to get open, like the the just the way I seen people accelerate off the ball. I just want to see one off of one quick pass, just how Amari accelerates up the field. Like I want to see if he starts using more of his special moves, like his trucking is underrated but highly rated. His juke move, his spin moves, and all that. Like I, I really want to see Amari out in open space. All right. Uh, so now we're, uh, for the next, we're gonna move on to some uh, lower level guys who I'm still a little worried about. All right, so first we have uh, Ricky Trainer, who we just got from uh, the Monarchs. I'm not going to say he's a lower-level guy because he's still at 83. But him, like, not being, like, a dev guy, uh, I just want to see how uh, he's affected. I think he would be great in space. That's one of the biggest, biggest, biggest reasons why we picked him up is because we believe he would be great in space. And uh, we hope to see that translate on the five. Uh, same with Carl Meredith. He was a guy that we kind of, we benched. We sat him all the way back because uh, he just wasn't performing to the level that we wanted or expected him to perform on four. Uh, so now on five, we, uh, we've we moved him up. We're going to throw him out on punt return this game just to see how he looks in space. Hopefully we can get a couple opportunities with him. I don't know if we'll see him in the running game just yet. I'm kind of set on Troy and Nickerson. Uh, but we'll definitely take another look because if, he continues to well if he shows us some improvement from this gen, uh, well from last gen to this gen, uh, it, hopefully it will lead to him getting more snaps in critical situations. All right, uh, and then lastly, as far as uh, who we want to see on offense, uh, 
I want to see the whole O-line, really, because we have a lot of agile guys who can move around. I want to see our guards pull, stuff like that. But one guy that I'm really, 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 really looking to see is Alan Trotter. I feel like he really holds our line uh, together. Like, I know the other guys, like Lawson, is, are going to get the the accolades because them being uh, higher rated, being uh, more notable, uh, notable, uh, notable, yeah, being more notable, but for me as a coach for the Barons as a team for Brinker and his protection that left side that left tackle plays a lot of strong high caliber defensive ends and edge rushers and I can't wait to see how uh Trotter holds up against those type of guys can he continue to have those same kind of the same kind of success he's had for us on our previous gens on this gen or is he going to take a leap all right now, uh, when we switch to the defensive side of the ball and the guys that we're really looking forward to seeing, uh, first we're going to start with our pass rushers. So definitely I'm looking at – I can't wait to see Cheeseburger. Uh, I think he's a very, 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 very – he might be the most athletic defensive tackle in this league. And I just – I feel like that's going to jump off the screen on the next gen. I feel like he's already on the route of being a superstar. I mean, everybody knows about Big Cheese, but I feel like – He's definitely going to take a leap. And the next person after that, I think it's going to take a big leap, is our other uh, young guy, yeah, uh, Tristan Van Rie. I think he's going to take a major, major, uh, major jump, too. As far as the things that he is capable of with his uh, his size and speed, as far as being not just on the line, standing up, or being in space, being out in zone, just as an all-around player, I just can't wait to see uh, how he's going to look. All right, uh, next we're going to move to Yates. Uh, Yates is a guy who's been our, I'll say, our best, most consistent uh, lineman. He's the, he's the captain for a reason, and I hope that he continues to have that same kind of success on uh, on five. Uh, we shall see. Uh, he's somebody I definitely have my eyes on, especially for the amount of responsibility that we put on him that may go unnoticed, but he is really key on that uh on that uh, left side of our uh, defensive line. So we'll definitely be taking a look at him. Uh, and then lastly, as for our rushes, Kit Morrison. Uh, Kit Morrison, uh, with his measurables, with his speed, uh, I just can't wait to see how he plays in space, how he plays off the line, how he plays standing up. He's another guy who I feel like, from the production that we've already been getting from these guys on four, if it only gets better on five, we could be – Easily a top five defense in this league. All right. Now, after that, we're going to look at some guys that I think may be effective negatively on our defense, and that's uh, Damian Parks and uh, Juan Crosby. Uh, Damian Parks is more so because he's he's a jack-of-all-trades type guy, so he's not really too dominant in one area. And though that's been solid for us so far, hopefully we can keep that same consistency uh, from him, but if he does seem to take a step back, it wouldn't be surprising. And then, luckily, we have a guy like Tuffer Anderson who we can also take a look at on his next gen. Uh, he should be getting a few reps, and uh, we can send that. Oh, not send that. Oh, we could take a look at that, see how he looks in this game, and see if we need to make some switches. Uh, the other guy uh, being Juan Crosby. Juan Crosby is a guy that I really, really like, so I don't expect. Any big changes, I don't expect to take him out. Uh, he's a captain on his team for a reason. But with him just being, I don't want to say a slower guy, maybe middle of the pack with the 84, 85 speed, 
uh, I just want to see how that translates. Will he still be able to make the same kind of clutch plays he's been making for us? Hopefully his, hopefully his play recognition, his awareness continue to make up for his, I don't want to say lack of speed, but for his lack of speed. Like He's not a 90 middle linebacker, but we expect him to do a lot. And he's been able to do it because of the intelligence that he has. So hopefully that stays consistent on this next gen. But if he takes a step back, he's a guy where it wouldn't shock me. All right. Now, uh, when we move to uh, our secondary, uh, we're going to start with our corners. Uh, I think Harmon Richardson is a guy who might see an increase in play. Uh, he's a guy who I continuously expected big things, but felt like he's never really played up to his overall. Or maybe I'm just so used to my guys, quote unquote, playing above their overall and he's just playing his overall. I don't know, but I just feel like on... The next gen, he may have a chance to be a lot more effective, and we'll see later on uh, in the season or as the season progresses. Uh, a guy that I feel like might go down in production is Demory uh, uh, Sparks. Uh, now, Demory's been a solid, I feel, number one, strap, strapping everybody shut down corner for us in our scheme for what we do. That's what he's been for us, and I'd like to see that continue. I would like to see that continue, but just with his size and weight and the type of game that we play, uh, we'll see how that he's affected by that on uh, the next gen. We'll see. I, I'm kind of worried of him, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see, because if he's the guy that we want out there against these big-name receivers, uh, like the C.J. Robinsons and the Fatanukins, and even this week, the Pikus, this is like, if this is what we're doing, we got to make sure that he's going to be a guy who can stand up to the test or do we need to start making changes for the next gen. All right, and then lastly, a guy that we're really going to be watching is Sean Dada because I don't really know what to expect from Dada. Uh, I hope he takes a jump. Uh, I, he's also a guy that I took under my wing for this season. Uh, so uh, we will see an increase in his man coverage. Uh, so we'll definitely be taking a look at that. And because of that, we may be playing him in uh, different positions for this week just to get an, a better idea of what's going on and how he may look. Uh, because, uh, one, we have a lot invested into him, so we want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to keep him, uh, that we're not wasting our investment, really, that we're not wasting his time. You can only upgrade uh, one player per season, and he's our guy. So we want to make sure we're not wasting this upgrade. All right. Now, uh, as far as our safeties, I want to see all of them. I want to see King out there. I definitely want to see King. I feel like hopefully his big hitter trait activates a little bit more now on the next gen. That's something I'm looking forward to more. Uh, Harold, I'm expecting big things from Harold. I expect more big plays from Harold. And I expect uh, uh, Trent Christian to continue to make big plays too. Uh, he's a little weary because he's an older guy and not as fast. He's still... Got uh, decent speed, uh, but we just want to see how the speed uh, discrepancy uh, translates from four to five. I think speed was has been showcased a little better on the next gen, and I just want to see how that's going to affect players positively and negatively. All right. And then uh, lastly, for our uh, players that we want to see on the uh, next gen, uh, might be a surprise to some, but my guy is Kevin Morris, the punter. Uh, he's a guy that has been very successful for us from what we've seen. And uh, I feel like he plays over his overall. And we would like to see that success continue on the next gen. 
Uh, but we shall see. It's kind of hard to rate punters. It's kind of hard to rate punters as far as how they're going to, how they're going to work, what they're going to do, what changes can be made. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. He, hopefully, he's somebody that we can continue to invest in, uh, because he is a younger guy. But if not, we will know. Uh, with this transition, and we'll move on from there. All right. So uh, that went a lot quicker. As far as that part, then I thought I was going to go. All right, so we're going to move on to the uh, to the next the next segment of our podcast. All right, and the next segment of our podcast is going to be our hirings. All right, uh, the Barons have hired, uh, made two executive hirings uh, for our organization. Uh, the first one being uh, Nick Firestorm. Uh, you may know his his player from the Desperados. Uh, because they are a CPU team at the moment, we were able to uh, work with him because it's not a conflict of interest with uh, players being in two different locker rooms. So that was great uh, because the knowledge that he, the knowledge that he has is tremendous. Like it kind of really shocked me, and which that's what kind of led to his hiring. Like I wasn't, like I put it out there, but I wasn't really expecting anyone to blow me away the way he blew me away in the interview. So much that I kind of cut off like two other people, and he's kind of doing both of their jobs. And it's not that I asked him to do it; it's just that his love for the game, and he's just a smart kid. And I want to do everything that I can to help him become a future coach in this league. Him right, right now being only sixteen, and I know you have to be uh eighteen to be a coach in this league. So, uh, I I want to take this this time, this year, year and a half, however long it may be, to help mold him into the type of guy who can be great for this league. I think he has a a. a, a Outstanding amount of uh, knowledge. He reminds me of my guy, Mitchie. Uh, shout out to Mitchie. Uh, he was similar. A young guy. Not really, I'm not going to say he was a troubled kid. He just a young guy. Doesn't know any better. And I kind of see uh, Firestone the same way. Not as troublesome as Mitchie. Uh, not as purposely troublesome as Mitchie. He doesn't try to uh, get into stuff too much. He just wants to know. He, he, he dives into the playbooks. He dives into the schemes. And I think he has a lot of potential, a lot, a lot of potential. And, uh, we'll see. Cause, uh, a lot of what we talked about, uh, will go into effect, not only for this game coming up, uh, with the Diablos, but also other games in the future. Uh, we have him hired as our, uh, our director of football operation. All right. What that really means, what he's doing for us is, I guess you could say it's a high, a high title intern as far as we ask him to do the things that a coach would do as far as like scouting teams, uh, looking in the playbooks. Uh, but it's things that he's are he already likes to do, so it's not that we're pressuring him. It's more so leading him into the right direction of how those things can be great. Uh, I can say for this week, uh, he did a deep dive. He did some film. He did some film review for us. Like this is all in kind of still in the interview process. He just kind of just did a deep dive on um, some Diablo's tape. Came up with a scheme for us. Uh, his scheme was very very similar to what I had already planned to do. Uh, shockingly, so uh, I want to say shockingly, but just his explanation behind it, uh, the reasons for why we can't do the same results, the different types of game plans that I could use, how it could be effective, which playbooks have those for when we make the playbook switch. Um, I'm even considering letting him, letting him pick one of our next playbooks and 
Then when we use that playbook, letting him pick the scheme, like giving him those opportunities to really go out here and play and uh, get a chance to coach and see what it's like to be a coach in this league. Uh, now, we are in a tough division. Uh, Tigers, we had the Explorers, we had the Thunderbirds. So we're not just going to throw him out there to the wolves like that. Uh, we want to take it one step at a time, but he would definitely be uh, key. Uh, wherever I am, you'll see him next to me on the sideline, taking notes, holding, holding the clipboard, uh, all in, ready to go. And he's a really, really good kid, man. And I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see his future with this league and how good, uh, he can be and the team that he gets to coach, how great they become. All right. Secondly, our next hire, uh, Amari Harris, uh, a lot of us know him as ZK, from uh, the Discord, from the YouTube uh, YouTube streams. Uh, we hired him as our uh, director of social media. All right. And uh, with that, I'll be giving him the range to uh, the IG. Uh, hopefully, we can get uh, a TikTok started. Uh, if we move towards Facebook, uh, we'll be giving him those. Uh, we're working on trying to get some things onto YouTube that don't uh, conflict what uh, the league already has going on with YouTube, but also trying to find ways to uh, stand out differently. Uh, I know he's been talking to uh, some other guys. He may know someone who can come in on our staff or someone he may hire as his assistant to uh, work with us on some uh, graphic arts. So that's going to be great. Uh, he's done a great video for us already. And uh, this week, uh, you'll see a lot more content, uh, especially when we get some more pictures. Hopefully, we can we can get some uh, official game pictures this week. Uh, so, uh but definitely a big, big shout out to Amari Harris. Uh, it may not be as uh, elaborate of an explanation on his hiring as it was for uh, Nick Firestorm, but his role and his importance to this team is just the same. He's somebody that we really like, someone that we really need, and that we're that we're happy, happy, happy to work with. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. So now I'm going to stop here before I go into uh, my game review uh, in the next section. So all right, it's going to be a brief pause and then transition, but I'm going back to work. All right. All right. We are here for part two. Uh, off work. Had to let some things uh, kind of fizzle over that I couldn't handle while I was at work get that out of the way just so my mindset is in the right state for what I'm trying to do uh right now uh because if anybody knows anything about me they know that I love my barons and I'm not gonna let anything come in between the fact that I love my barons whether it's personal or professional and right now it's seeming to be both but it is what it is it is what it is uh we're going to focus on what is uh, more important right now. Uh, the only devils that we need to focus on right now reside in Mexico City. All right. As this week, week 11, we go uh, into Mexico City to face the Diablos. Uh, the Diablos have been, I don't want to say a surprising team, because of their overall, but I'll just say a surprising team because of just what they've been through over the the seasons I've seen uh, since I've been here to go from uh, 
Relobo to shambles to questionable coaching to can we bounce back and now it's uh I don't want to say like they're on their last leg as far as their talent because they have a lot of talent but it's just a lot of their guys are older so if this is if you really want to make a run for guys like the Pritchett brothers if you really want to make a run for that reload bowl to bounce back and, and get that reload bowl, this will be the time to do it. Why they have their guys at this peak? Because I feel like from here on out, it's going to be a lot of rebuilding. And with that being said, as we've watched the Diablos play over the season, uh, I know it's only been, it's week five now, so it's only been four weeks. And I think they've only played uh, three of those weeks. But they've played RFL competition. Uh, they've beat uh, they beat the Explorers. They beat the Shamrocks, and uh, I want to say they just beat somebody else too. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I don't think it was an NFL game. I think they played an RFL game. Uh, but regardless of the fact, we will be both coming in this game undefeated, and they have beat some uh, quality. Uh, team, so we don't want to sleep on what they bring to the table. You never want to sleep on what the Diablos bring to the table just because of the players that you know they have, regardless of their age, their ability, is still their ability. But even more so with the coach, if he could put those abilities uh, in the best uh, situation to be successful, you definitely want to be prepared for that. And we feel like... Uh, here in Brooklyn, we feel like uh, Coach Forbes has done what, has done an exceptional job with the Diablos, and has uh, the Explorers win was a surprising win, uh, just because the Explorers are the Explorers. Now, I also know that the Explorers uh, one weren't working with their. I'm gonna say their number one books. Uh, I know that's more behind the scenes. I know. The, number, the Explorers weren't coming out with their number one intentions uh, as far as when it comes to bigger opponents and when it comes to uh, bigger games. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the, the Explorers also lost their quarterback, and there was some quarterback controversy as far as Cunningham getting the last star on the three. I mean, not on the three, on the uh, four and then Bradley uh, having the comeback win on the five. So we'll see how those things kind of transpire throughout the season. But either way you look at it, uh, Warrell was not in. Warrell is the guy, and it possibly could have been a different game. But from how things seem to have been going, uh, Warrell's not making tackles. That's something I'll continue to say. Uh, we're else not out here making tackles, and it seems like the defense just haven't hasn't been playing up to the par of what we expect that defense to play. But I also understand this isn't the defense coming out in their top schemes. Uh, I know more recently, as the season has progressed with the move to PS5, uh, things have kind of changed a little bit, especially with the with the loss of Orell that I, I see the Explorers. Uh, changing to their uh i guess their main books whatever and you're seeing a different uh 
view of the team. But for what we saw with the Explorers game, the versus the Diablos, the Diablos did come out on top. And their offense was a big factor in that. So we went into this game with us being a team who, so far, even though we haven't played any real games outside of the Tigers, any games that really counted that RFL guys were count, uh, our defense has been highly successful, even in those transitions. And I know a lot of coaches may be able to tell you how those may affect their stats. Uh, those NFL games, those those automatic wins, you may get the win, but your team may play very uncharacteristically of how they usually play. And uh, we seem to have been consistent, not only just, like, I think we have given up the least points per game. And I know we've only played the Tigers twice, but even with us playing the Tigers twice, We've given up less points to the Tigers in those two games than the other teams who have played them given up in their one game. So I'm still kind of hanging my hat on that. It's great that we're going to be facing the Diablos this week to get a better understanding of where our team is. Uh, we did make a couple of we did make a couple of switches. Uh, you will, I will say, uh, you will see us in. Uh, Different defensive formations than we were in in our previous game versus the Tigers. Uh, we just feel like with the caliber of team that we're playing, our approach should be a little bit different. Uh, we want to give ourselves a little bit uh, more of an advantage in certain situations, which I don't want to express into our next podcast just because it is uh, before the game. But there are certain things that we want to do. Uh, we feel like with both our playbooks, uh, I'll make it public. I feel like with both our playbooks, one being Pittsburgh, one being the Rams, uh, we uh, we can still get the same kind of effect that we want as far as the pressure that we bring. It's just the way that we bring it and the direction it comes. Uh, yeah, the way that we bring it as far as how many rushers come and the direction that we bring it from as far as who is that rusher. Uh, we've been running a lot of a certain blitz, and uh, we kind of want to limit that for this game. We won't say what that blitz is now just because there's still time for uh, uh, the Diablos to game plan just in case they do happen to listen to this. Uh, so we want to keep that at a minimum. Uh, but... We feel very, very confident in the way we w- in the way in which we want to attack, in the way in which uh, this playbook is set up. We feel like that we can be highly effective. All right. As much as I want to talk about how we want to attack, I feel like with it being this early in the game. Uh, we shouldn't really get too specific in what we want to do. But I do feel like there are a couple of things that we can talk about, a couple of players on the Diablos that we feel like we are watching. Uh, one being uh, Aaron Pritchard, obviously. Uh, QB, he did take a big hit from last year to this year. But Aaron Pritchard is still Aaron Pritchard, and it hasn't stopped any of his effectiveness in that. Uh, we feel like that. We feel like Coach Forrest has done a great job of working with the strengths and weaknesses of uh, Pritchett and what he brings as a QB. And 
as a guy who struggled with a QB who was at a higher rating, uh, you really take note of a guy who really sat back and thought about, okay, how can we best use uh, our quarterback? Not only our quarterback, but our receivers. And uh, just from seeing that, watching that, uh, we're very... We're very, very respectful and proud of the success that Pritchard has had this far in the season. Uh, now, one thing, jumping back to the previous games, and uh, the only game I can really talk about is the Explorers game with a coach. I feel like them having, uh, not knowing so much of how the Diablos would want to attack on both sides of the ball may have affected it because it was an early game early in the season, and you can't really take preseason to heart. Uh, but I feel as if us going into this game, though things may change, we feel like we feel like we've worked out a scheme into which that uh, we have an initial idea of what we need to stop. And if things may change, we still have the ability to stop those things too. Uh, there are a couple counter plays that we feel like may hit us as far as how we plan to attack defensively. Uh, but we feel like for the most part, we can keep things under wrap. Uh, just as much as we want to get to the win, we want to keep ourselves as one of the top defenses in the league. I know we're not going to get the accolades uh, going through the season as far as people saying, oh, yeah, the Barons defense might actually be legit. It's going to be a lot of they played this and they did that and this was the situation and blase, blase, whatever. But when we in the bowl with this defense, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing at all. All right, but we want to keep our defense on the path of being how we feel they're being. We feel like uh, we feel like the books that we use provide us two different results from the pressure that we bring. Uh, I don't want to speak too much on this. Pre- I, actually, no. Nah, I think it's something that we can do. Nah, I won't. I, it's, I just feel like one book brings us different results and we hope to see the results we are looking for in this game uh and that's all i really want to say as far as why we chose the book that we chose as far as offense uh offense we're going with our normal book we're going with the uh ravens book uh our second book is just kind of a book that i've had history with and feel like if push comes to shove we can go out and execute uh but the book uh, the Ravens playbook is a book that we've been working with as a team and building our team around since last Madden. And so uh, as we go into this game, uh, we feel like we want to really test our quote-unquote strengths and weaknesses versus a higher-caliber team because, as everyone's been saying, we've only been playing the Tigers, quote-unquote, so hopefully we can come out in this game and really make a splash. Uh, not only for us as the Barons and showing that we're a legit team, but uh, also for the Tigers. Like, people really sleep on the Tigers, and the Tigers are a legit. Like, the Tigers are a legit team. Like, I don't know why everybody wants to say just because, like, maybe it's because they're uncoached, maybe because they don't have the history that people expect them to have as far as playoff wins and blase, blase. But since I've come into this league, the Tigers have always been a contender. Like, 
until the Tigers switched to this division where they had to face the Explorers and they had to face the T-Birds. And now that I'm with the Barons, they have to face the Barons. Like, they're not going to get the same reputation of when they was in that uh, conference and they was facing, what was it, the Snowhawks and the Desperados. And I want to say the other team was the Elks. I'm not 100% sure. I want to say it was the Elks. But there was a time when those four teams, the Tigers and the other three teams, Snowhawks, uh, Desperados, whatever, they were all competing for the league. It was one year I think they all ended with the same record. Like, don't sleep on the Tigers. The Tigers have always been a team. Maybe the quarterback switch uh, didn't really hit certain people the way it hit me. Like, I see the potential that Johnson has, and especially with the jump onto the next gen and that playing uh, more realistically from the uh, quarterback position. It's not just a bunch of sitting in the pocket, taking the sack. It's more uh, get the ball out, even if it's a throwaway. Like, once I have a different idea of how the Tigers should move than others may have, uh, I also talked to the coach of the Tigers previously, and kind of had an idea of how he was moving. Not enough to have a competitive advantage because I feel like with him as coach, it will be more of a game than how I'm going to be playing them now as a CPU. But I also feel like if other teams come into the game feeling like it's just the Tigers, they're going to get drugged. They're going to get drugged, and it is what it is. But, hey, whatever. Now we're playing a more quality opponent being the Diablos and hopefully we can come out on top and get this win uh Aaron Pritchard is a guy that we feel like we really have to stop we know we feel like we have a general idea of how he wants to attack us with the weapons that he does have and we have a general idea of how we want to go about stopping that all right from that we also Go down to the running game, and we feel like the running game is something that we definitely have to keep under wraps as well. Uh, Madison Axel is a guy where one move can be points. Like, you really, a guy like Madison Axel, you really have to keep under wraps. And with the quality of the Diablo's offensive line, both pass blocking and run blocking, you can't sleep on the run game, the play action game, or the protection that. Uh, again, Pritchard will have in that pocket. But uh, if you look at Diablos on paper and you automatically think Pritchard and Pritchard, it'll really, really eat you up if you forget about that that run game. So we haven't forgot about it. Uh, it was something that uh, Nick, uh, Nick Firestorm definitely wanted to make sure, like even with the plan and how we decided to attack, we wanted to make sure that we did not forget about that run game. That run game is something that you need to watch. The versatility of both those backs. Duncan is a very, very solid back. Uh, slapped on, never respected. Uh, they are, they've been trying to just keep getting guys into Mexico City to take Duncan's spot away instead of just letting him be great. But here in Berkeley, we're not sleeping on the greatness that Duncan has. So we're, we're on the lookout for that especially with the caliber of blocking that that he will be running behind. And him and Axel. Him and Axel. All right, now when we look at this receiver group, uh, obviously Piku is number one on our list. We want to know where he is at all times. 
Uh, there's certain things that when we actually went in to scout the team, uh, scout playbooks, scout schemes, uh, that we noticed about people, don't want to say it right now, but it's something that we hope that we've made the counter moves to attack. Uh, we shall see. Uh, we shall see. We'll do a couple uh, last-minute adjustments. I don't know if there's a deadline on when we can talk to our representative in the file. I will see. That's the question I'm probably going to ask in the morning when this drops. Uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to drop this Wednesday morning. Uh, just a little pre-pod for the RFL pod. Uh, just a little pre-pod for the RFL pod. We definitely we want to try our best to get our information out before the RFL pod. That's our biggest, that's our biggest thing right now. And uh, we feel like uh, schedule-wise and to set us apart from other teams, we might go with Wednesday morning instead of the Tuesday. I know Tuesday is usually, uh, like, Tuesday is usually just that day. Like, I don't know what it is, whether it's RFL, NFL. Tuesday is usually just that empty day. Uh, but we're going to move on to that next day. Uh, Wednesday is usually the day when you know things are really about to start to get jumping. Uh, you're getting a weekly review. Uh, from the podcast uh, last week, going into the next week, everything is hype. It's a setup, and then the next game. What does having our game Thursday being the second game Thursday? It, I feel like just moving forward, there will be a lot. I think Wednesday morning will be the day instead of Tuesday uh, for us to release our podcast. Or I will say Wednesday. Uh, I'm not going to always guarantee that it's going to be the morning. It will be up and down. Uh, but Wednesday seems to be the day. Wednesday before the podcast, uh, we want to give it at least three or four hours before the podcast just because these podcasts are usually about an hour themselves. So we'll see how that goes, but we're shooting for Wednesdays. We're shooting for Wednesdays. All right? Uh, but going back to offensively, the wide receivers, Piku is someone that we're definitely going to watch. Uh, now with Rashad uh, Williams and uh, Blackson as well, uh, those are guys that we definitely have to watch their play off of Piku. We don't want to put – we don't want to have to put two and three guys on Piku. We kind of want to keep him maintained. That's where we're going to go. We're going to go and maintain. Uh, straps would be a blessing, uh, but – a player of Piku's caliber. Uh, we want to go with maintained. Uh, we definitely want to keep him under 100. Under 75 is ideal. Uh, but at the same time, we kind of want him to be the leading guy. Like, we want you to have to go to him because we feel like we know the other guy is strapped. And that may come off disrespectful, but I just have a lot of faith in my defense my cornerbacks, uh, my defensive back room. And with that, I don't care for real. That's just, like, I just feel like we nice like that. And if we do what we're supposed to do, we have the talent. We have the guys and the talent to, to handle the other guys. Now, what we really, really, really want to do is slow down people, but we don't want to 
put so much effort into slowing him down that lets everybody else eat us up. Especially when you have another guy like Griffin Pritchett at the tight end position. You know what I'm saying? Who could just who would just get get off. Like he's still a top tier, high caliber tight end age or not. You know what I'm saying? Age or not, he's still one of the top guys in this league, and we haven't forgotten that. Uh, we've watched him be successful over the weeks. People may get the hype, but we understand. We have that came, that same kind of situation with Amari may get the hype, but don't forget about Bane. Bane is the Hall of Famer. So we're taking that same kind of approach with this as well. Like We do not want Piku to get off. But we're not going to sacrifice anybody else getting off for the benefit of people. Uh, this may seem like a shot, but just my observation from watching uh, my player, Roland Woods, on the Dublin Shamrocks, I've noticed that if you just let my player get all the points and stop everybody else, the Shamrocks are going to lose. And we're going for that same kind of approach. In this game, if we stop everybody else and Piku still gets his 100 yards or whatever, even though we don't want that, if Piku still gets 100 yards and we stop everybody else, we hope they still lose. All right, but uh, we shall see. All right, now as far as that line, that defensive line is something else, and we're gonna throw uh, Bowers in here too. Uh, the fullback. He's one of the best fullbacks in this league. He's got to be top three to top five. He's one of the best fullbacks in this league. So we're going to throw him in here. We're going to throw that line in here. Uh, even with the trade for Dawkins, which we'll talk about on the other side of the ball next, even with that trade, we know that line is going to be something serious, and we've been really working on how we plan to attack that. If we're going to be the blitzers that we think we're going to be, this is the type of line that we need to face. And no disrespect to the Diablos and the caliber of their line, but with us playing the line like the Explorers, this is definitely going to give us a big, big test. Uh, or I don't want to say warm-up because warm-up sounds disrespectful, and it's not what it is. It's it's going to be a big test. If we can't stick with the, the Diablos line, which is not a trash line at all, the Explorers line is going to eat us up, too. So this is going to be a big, 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 big test for us, and that's something that I really, really want to see. All right? Now, uh, as far as uh, defensively, how, how we're going to attack the uh, how we're going to attack the Diablos, uh, what I will say is I don't want to give away too much of the scheme. I have a general idea of how I want to move, especially on this next gen uh, there's certain players that I want to get involved. I feel like there's certain areas of uh, this defense. Uh, I feel like, no, let me rephrase that. I feel like each area of this defense can be attacked a different way. And we're just going to go with the way. We're going to try to go in order of the ways we feel will be the most beneficial to us. That's what I'm going to say. So we plan to attack all three levels of the defense. But the order in which we attack these levels of the defense will be specifically game plan and specifically because of how we, we being me and Nick, the Barons organization, feel like we can capitalize the most to be successful to get this win. Because, again, we cannot afford to lose 
any games at all. That's why my mindset is 16 and 0. Relo Bowl by 16 and 0. Like, we cannot afford to lose any games at all. Because think about it like this. This week we played the Diablos. We're 3 and 0. If we lose this game, we're 3 and 1. 3 and 1. I don't know if the Thunderbirds play this week. I think they do. So, even if, if they win this week, they'll be 4 and 1. We're already out of first place in the division, then playing the Thunderbirds. Now, we could knock the Thunderbirds down the uh the four and two, and we could be leading the division at four and one. But you don't want to have to put yourself in those kind of situations. You want to have to go out week to week and just say, hey, worry about this, get that win, and move on to the next game. You don't want to put any extra added pressure on yourself to be trying to pull out wins. And I already feel like the pressure would, might be extra because we beat the Thunderbirds with the coach. So if we beat them without a coach, people will probably say our win with the coach was even more fluke. You feel me? Even though I feel like I still went out there and game plan for the game and they were successful. And when I talked to that former coach, everybody knows Mark. When I talked to Mark and we go over those things and we revisit it, it's like we both are kind of on that same we're on that same plan. We're both on that same plan. I apologize for the ring. Uh, hopefully there won't be another ring. We shall see. Uh, if there is, we will have to take a short intermission so I can get that out of the way and then come back to that. Uh, but we shall see. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we're definitely looking to attack this defense in order in a certain way. We'll see who notices what we do. We have our schemes in place, uh, our game plans in place uh, as well. We feel like this would be a, I don't want to say a statement win, uh, but it would just open a couple of eyes just because of the fact that we've only played the Tigers and nobody's respecting the Tigers. And that's why I need the Tigers to get more wins. I don't know who they play this week. I hope they win that game too. I hope that Tigers beat everybody but us. I hope the Tigers beat everybody but us, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. All right. So with that, I really want to go a lot more in depth with the with the Diablos game, but it's a it's a coach game, and I don't want to put too much out there. Uh, but when I do the recap podcast, which may come a little earlier because we do play uh, Thursday night at 8 on YouTube. Thursday night at 8 on YouTube. Uh, because we do play a little uh, earlier in the week, we may get the podcast a little earlier in the week just so I, the hype of the game doesn't die. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be talking about a Thursday game on Wednesday, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, We might double post it again on Wednesday just for people who didn't see it the first time. Uh, We might come up with another episode that Wednesday. Uh, We might separate into two shorter episodes. We shall see. Uh, We want to keep the content out. We want to keep the content out. We'll see how news goes going into these uh, upcoming weeks. We have a lot of games coming up, a lot of high-quality games, too. With us playing, uh, the, if you know anything about the NFL scheduling, uh, we'll be, or the RFL scheduling for us, but how the scheduling goes, uh, we usually play one division outright. Our division plays one division, 
And that division for us now is the NFC South, if you haven't noticed, with us playing uh, the Diablos. And that is a very, very strong division. When they talk about the best divisions in the league, it's between uh, the division, that division, the NFC, the NRC South, and then our division, the NRC North. So that competition in itself, watching those divisions clash against each other, is really, really, really going to show us a lot, going to say a lot, and uh, I really, really look forward to those games. I really, really look forward to those games. All right? Uh, so we're going to end this week's podcast on that. Uh, I will say that I, I expect the Barons win, but I'm the coach. I'm supposed to. Uh, we'll get more in-depth on what we try to do uh, on the next podcast. Uh, I really, really want to say it now. Uh, luckily, our next game is against the, uh, a CPU team. I won't announce it just yet. Uh, we have a few CPU teams coming up on our schedule, so it'll give us a lot of time or a couple episodes so we can go into it talking about what we want to do attacking that team. Uh, so that's going to be great. Uh, but unfortunately for this week, we're just playing uh, Coach Forrest and the Mexico City Diablos. Uh, we won't be able to do that. All right. Uh, man, I don't want to end it like this. I, I feel kind of salty. I, I, I really feel like I feel like unsatisfied. Like I haven't done what I've come here to do. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. So far, uh, 3-0. Uh, hopefully we can pull out this win, become 4-0, and uh, remain on top of the NRC. Uh, we we have to take advantage of all the opportunities that we have right now. That is our goal. We definitely have to take advantage of the opportunities that we have right now. Uh, again, we want to give another shout out to Reese, uh, football, our director of football operations. Uh, we have Nick Firestorm, all right, and then director of social media. We have uh, Amari Z.K. Harris. Uh, welcome to Brooklyn. Welcome to the Barons. Uh, we hope to have you guys here for uh, not just this season, but next season as well. Uh, we'll see how things progress with uh, Nick being able to be a coach and Amari's player getting drafted to this league. Uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, that'll be all for this week. Uh Earn your stripes, all right? Protect the crown, all right? You know you love that new crown logo. Protect the crown, all right? Go Barons, Gorilla Gang, Bomb Squad, everything, all of it, all of it. We the hashtag team. Blitzburg, Blitzburg, we the hashtag team. Hashtag, hashtag, we that team. All right, Big B, well, let me not say Big Bs, all right, because we do wear blue. You feel me? I might have to, I'm not even going to race that out. You feel me? Oh, man, this at the end. All right. Y'all take it easy. Have a great night. Stay safe out here. It's been icy and snowy everywhere. If Texas gets snow, you never know. That's almost hell freezing over. That's very close. So be careful out here. Be careful out here. All right. Y'all have a good night. Go Barons, boy. Go Barons. Gorilla Gang. <laughs>